Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the book of Joshua with part one of this message entitled, Christian Stewardship, the Joy of Christian Giving. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Joshua chapter 21. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Lord, we pray that you help us to be thankful for your rich provision for our all needs, especially physical needs. Truly, you are our Heavenly Father. Your word says, if a father does not provide for his family, he is worse than an unbeliever. But you, our Heavenly Father, truly has provided for us all these years richly help us O Lord to learn from your word the pleasure and privilege of Christian giving this we ask in Jesus name amen maybe it's the first time in my life I'm speaking to you about the Christian stewardship the joy of Christian giving the work of the kingdom of God is financed by God through God's people from God's abundance to them and this financing of the kingdom of God is true was true in the Old Testament was true in the New Testament times and it is true today in the Old Testament you have the Levites God separated them as his ministers and in the New Testament God has given gifts to the church in terms of apostles, prophets evangelists, pastors and teachers they are God called and commissioned ministers to be supported by God's people from God's blessings which God gave it to them This church is a model for churches around the world in this blessed duty of Christian stewardship. We owe no man anything. And praise be to God. It will be a shame for God's name if we owe any man anything. So I want to speak to you the teaching of the Old Testament and then the teaching of the New Testament in terms of giving and then I will speak to you about certain principles of Christian stewardship in Joshua 21 we read how the Levites they were God's ministers in the Old Testament Levites God appointed workers of the tabernacle received their cities from the rest of the tribes as gifts according to the Lord's command. Remember this because of their devotion to God that is the devotion of Levites to God at the incident of the worship of the golden calf the Lord separated the Levites to serve him exclusively 
in the worship of the tabernacle. There were three sons of Levi, and from these three sons came first the Gershonites, and Kohathites, and Merarites. The Gershonites were to be in charge of the transportation of the coverings of the tabernacle. And the Kohathites were responsible for moving the furnitures of the tabernacle. From the Kohathites also came the priests who were descendants of Aaron. And it was their peculiar responsibility to carry the ark and offer sacrifices and so on. Then you have Merarites from the third son of Levi whose responsibility it was to transport the hardware, especially the frames of the tabernacle. So the priests were in charge of the sacrifices and worship assisted by the Levites. The priests and the Levites, both descendants of Levi, were not given, we are told, any inheritance in the land of Canaan. We are told that the Lord was their share and their inheritance. The Lord was their portion. And you can read in Numbers chapter 18 a detailed description of this policy. That is, the provision of the Lord for the Levites. So we conclude by saying these things about the Levites. God set apart for his service the descendants of Levi as priests and their support staff. They were chosen to serve God exclusively from all others they were chosen. Secondly, they did not receive any inheritance like others in the land. Third, we are told the Lord was their portion and inheritance. That is, the Lord was to finance their every need. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. Number four, the priests who served at the altar would receive for themselves those portions of sacrificial offerings that were not burned up in sacrifice. Some portions are offered in sacrifice, others were not offered in sacrifice, and that portion went to the priests. Number five, the Levites received all the tithes from Israel to meet their needs. A tithe of the annual increase from their labor. And number six, the Levites were then to give a tithe of their income to the priests. Number seven, 
In Numbers 35, the Lord commanded Israel to give to the Levites 48 cities and their suburbs for the priests and Levites as gifts. When Joshua completed the conquest and when he completed the dividing of the land, the apportioning of it to various tribes, when all that is done, the Levites came. And that's what we read in Joshua 21. They waited until all division and allotment is done. And chapter 21 of Joshua. Now the family heads of the Levites approached Eliezer, the priest Joshua, the son of Nun, and the heads of the other families of Israel at Shiloh in Canaan and said to them, The Lord commanded through Moses that you give us towns to live in with pasture lands for livestock. So as the Lord commanded, the Israelites gave the Levites the following towns. And verse 8. So the Israelite allotted to the Levites these towns and their pasture lands as the Lord had commanded. So when Joshua completed dividing the land to all the tribes, the Levites came to the priest, Eliezer, and Joshua the general, and to the heads of the tribes, petitioning. Based on Numbers 35 promise, petitioning that they be given their 48 cities so they can live. And they will have land for the cattle, the suburbs of the cities. When you read about city, it simply meant a a small hamlet with few houses in it, not a huge city like cities of today. And each tribe was to give these cities freely out of their own allotment. And yet, these cities were decided upon by lot. Means what? By God's decision. So there is the Lord's command, the Lord's deciding, and then you are to give that freely. And also, the tribe with larger number of cities were to give larger number. And so Judah gave nine cities. Caleb, you heard about Caleb. He was very generous. He gave Hebron, which he conquered for himself. And other tribes, generally four cities each. So there is the principle, those who have more, give more, a principle laid down in the Bible, applicable even today. All gave as the Lord commanded. Take a look at chapter 21, verse 2 and verse 3 and verse 8, as the Lord commanded. So God entrusted it all to the people and they said, this is what you should do. And they gave. 
And we see here the principle God finances his kingdom work through God's people from God's abundant provision to them. And thus God provided his ministers, the Levites and the priests, cities for them to live and enough land for their cattle. So the kingdom of God was financed by tithes and offerings for their ongoing support. The tribes gave freely, yet they did so in obedience to divine command. They gave freely from God's provision to them. See, nobody gives anything to God out of their own nothing. God first gives to his people and then God trusts them to finance the kingdom work. So later on, this is what David said in First Chronicles 29 verse 14. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give us generously as this? And then he tells the truth everything comes from you and we have given only what comes from your hand so with our hand we give to God some of what he gives to us with his hand let's turn to second chronicles chapter 31 that is at a later time during the king of Hezekiah the people were in apostasy so whenever people are in apostasy who suffers the ministers of the gospel suffer and then there was a revival during the time of Hezekiah and he enforced the biblical law so let me read to you from Second Chronicles 31 beginning with verse 4 he ordered that is Hezekiah the king ordered the people living in Jerusalem to give the portion due the priests and Levites so they could devote themselves notice this is full time work, work so they could devote themselves to the law of the Lord And you find the same principle in the book of Numbers chapter 18 and verse 21. Full time work. As soon as the order went out, notice, the Israelites generously gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, oil and honey and all that the fields produced. They brought a great amount, a tithe of everything. The men of Israel and Judah who lived in the towns of Judah also brought a tithe of their herds and flocks, a tithe of the holy things dedicated to the Lord their God, and they piled them in heaps. They began doing this in the third month and finished in the seventh month when Hezekiah and his officials came and saw the heaps. They praised the Lord and blessed his people Israel. 
Hezekiah asked the priests and Levite about the heaps, and Azariah the chief priest from the family of Sadok answered, Since the people began to bring their contributions to the temple of the Lord, we have had enough to eat. They didn't have much before. Now we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare because the Lord has blessed his people. And this great amount is left over. That's how God finances the kingdom work and support the ministers of the gospel. When God's people loves the Lord, they obey God's word delightfully. Then they finance the work of God's kingdom gladly. God's work is supported by the tithes and offerings of God's people in every age. Now, let's take a look at this tithe idea. We are told in Genesis 14, Abram gave a tithe of everything to Melchizedek, the priest of God. So this idea of giving tithe to God was known to people of God even before the law was given at Mount Sinai. Though all things belong to the Lord, the tithe belongs to him especially. We are told it is holy to the Lord. Let's turn to the book of Leviticus, 27th chapter of Leviticus and verse 30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. What does that mean? It means it doesn't belong to us. That's what it means. It belongs to him. It doesn't belong to us. If we take for ourselves what belongs to the Lord, we would find ourselves in the same situation as Achim, who stole what belonged to the Lord. In the post-exilic times, Israel, we are told, robbed God in the matter of tithing and offerings. Turn to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3. Let me read to you from verse 8 through 12. Will a man rob God? The general answer is what? No. But here the answer is yes. Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse. The whole nation of you because you are robbing me. And now he tells us, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Meaning there may be proper sacrifice as well as food for the priests. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates. That means he closed it. Because they were stealing and he closed the heaven for them. 
But if you bring it, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. And then listen, I will prevent pests. So God sent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit says the Lord Almighty then all nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land says the Lord Almighty so there you have the way to finance the kingdom of God tithes and what? offerings now let me ask you What happens if God's people refuse to finance God's work by refusing to give to God what belongs to him, what is holy to the Lord? That is, if they refuse to give tithes and offerings. It's a good question. Does he give some collection agency to collect it? They call you in the middle of the night. Yes, he has a collection agency. And let me speak to you. That God's dealing with his people is based on covenant. And when you keep the covenant, there is what? Blessing. And when you refuse to be obedient, there is what? Curse. So let us turn to the book of Malachi chapter 1. And verse 14. I like the translation in New International Version. It says what? Cursed is the cheat who has an acceptable male in his flock and vows to give it, but then sacrifices a blessed, blemished animal to the Lord. For I'm a great king, you see. I'm a king, man. The curse comes. To those who will rob God or treat the king with disrespect. Or chapter 3 verse 9 we just read. You are under a curse. And we noticed there were pests. God closed the heavens. And so on. Or there is another Uh, prophecy Haggai turn to Haggai how God will deal with people who will dishonor the king Mr. Rush Dooney says tithe is a tax to this great king he's a great king so this is a tax to the king but let's turn to Haggai chapter 1 verse 6 you have planted much but have harvested little you eat but never have enough you drink but never have your fill you put on clothes but are not warm you earn wages only to be put in a purse with holes in it now this is God's way of dealing with people who steal his money Turn to Haggai chapter 1, verse 9. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be what? Little. What you brought home, I want 
blew away. See, God has a way of dealing with it. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. I called for what? A drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces on men and cattle and on the labor of your hands. And turn to chapter 2 of Haggai. And let me read from verse 16 and 17. When anyone come to a heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. He expected 20. But he only found 10. When anyone went to a wine vat to draw 50 measures, that was his expectation, there were only 20. And then he says again, I struck all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail. Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. So I'm saying, <laughs> the question is, what happens if we do not honor this great king by giving what is due him from what he has given to us? There is a way that he will deal with us. Turn uh, to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 28, that famous chapter that speaks about curse and blessing. And blessing uh, is given in the first 14 verses, and now beginning with verse 15, we hear about the curse. 28.15 of Deuteronomy. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and what? Overtake you. Same idea that you heard from Malachi and Haggai. You'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the country. Your basket and your netting trough will be cursed. The fruit of your womb will be cursed and the crops of your land and so on. On the other hand, if we obey the Lord's command and demand that you finance his kingdom by what belongs to him, the tithes, and then the offerings. Once again, turn to the book of Malachi, and let's read this scripture which we read before the receiving of the tithes and offerings. And here it is, it says, verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. I spoke about tithes and offerings in verse 8 now bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house test me that's a challenge test me says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven that God will bless you in other words abundantly and it says and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. And you find the same idea 
in 28th chapter Deuteronomy, the first 14 verses, as I said, the Bible says, give and it shall be given. A good measure, hmm, pressed down, shaken together, and what? Overflowing will be measured into your lap. All right, so that is the Old Testament teaching how the kingdom of God must be financed, not by begging, not by pleading, not by borrowing, not by anything, but God's people giving to him what is to him from what he has given them. Let's look at the teaching of the New Testament. First, the scripture says the minister deserves to be Supported. Let's turn to the statement of our Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Matthew 10 and verse 10. He says, Don't take a bag full of silver, gold, whatever else. You just go and preach the gospel. And then He says, For the worker, notice it is not the lazy bum. Who wants to be a minister so he doesn't have to do anything? The worker, the one who works, toils, hard work, the worker is what? Notice the word worthy in the Greek, it is axios, means he deserves, he merits, he is worthy of provision. Or Luke chapter 10, verse 7. Jesus said, the worker deserves merits worthy of axios of his wages. And 1 Timothy 5 verse 18, St. Paul quotes the statement of Jesus and says, the worker is what? Worthy, deserves, merits. It's not charity. It's not feeling sorry. Do you get charity from your workplace? All of a sudden the guy comes and says, I feel sorry for you. I just want to give you some money. I hope it will help you. No. You worked. And you earned it. That's the idea here. Axios. The worker is worthy of his wages. Or let's look at another idea in 1 Corinthians 9. The idea of exousia. The word exousia means authority, right. In other words, the people supporting the minister is not charity, but It is his right. It is his God-given exousia. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers need to be supported because supporting them means it is his right to be supported. And so turn to this 1 Corinthians 9 and you've Read this verse, exousia, used five times. In verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, verse, verse 12, two times. So it is not charity. 
the same idea he deserves. It is his right to be paid and paid comfortably. I said, this is not a problem in this church. We are just teaching. (laughs) And if the shoe fits, what? (laughs) Well, what St. Paul is saying there, St. Paul or every minister has a right for food and drink, a right for the support of his dependents, and he has a right not to engage in secular tasks. So let's turn to 1 Corinthians 9 and give you some analysis of it. 1 Corinthians 9, beginning with verse 4 through 14. And we will prove this from this chapter, that the financing of the kingdom of God now is the same as it was in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. So he uses two types of arguments. One argument from nature, from human wisdom, from nature. First Corinthians 9, verse 7. Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? What's the expected answer? Nobody. No soldier goes to war supporting himself. He is supported entirely by the government. Housing, clothing, food, medicine, support of dependents, travel, retirement. So the argument is soldiers don't go to war supporting themselves application is what if soldiers are supported then the ministers must be supported by the Lord through the church that's the argument number two argument comes argument from nature there are three arguments from nature Number one is soldier. Number two is a farmer. It says, who plants a vineyard, verse 7, and does not eat off its grapes? Here's a farmer. He is planting a vineyard, and it comes to harvest. And people come and say, "Don't, don't eat anything off it. That's not true. He labored, and he labored in hope of the harvest, and he enjoys the harvest what is the application the minister who labors must partake of the harvest number three argument from nature here it is it's stated who tends flock and does not drink of the milk speaking about a shepherd he works hard day and night caring for the sheep and he is entitled to drinking the milk or be supported by the sheep and the application is what minister who labors must partake of the fruit of his labor he is a shepherd who works for the good shepherd he must be provided for not out of some charity 
but it is his right to be supported now argument from scripture verse 8 do I say this merely from a human point of view doesn't the law say the same thing so now he argues from the scripture for it is written in the law of Moses do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain it's a quotation from Deuteronomy 25 verse 4 the ox either by trampling upon the sheaves or pulling a sledge over it whatever it is he's working hard and don't muzzle that ox it is said in extra biblical source that if a Jew muzzled the ox while the ox was working he will be beaten in the synagogue for that crime because the ox is working and he is free to eat from the grain that he is treading out now what is the argument here the argument St. Paul says the argument is from minor to major if God cares for the ox who labors then how much more he cares for his ministers who labor for him the same argument in Matthew 6 look at the birds God provides for the birds if that's the case how much more he will provide for his people that's the argument and let's go further is it about oxen that God is concerned surely he says this for us doesn't he yes this was written for us because when the plowman plows and the thresher threshes they ought to do so in the hope of sharing the harvest if we have sown spiritual seed among you that is if we preach the gospel is it too much if we reap material harvest from you that is equity if others have this right of support from you shouldn't we have it all the more now he goes further verse 13 don't you know that those who work in the temple get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar and you see this in the old testament numbers chapter 18 verse 8 and following numbers 18 uh, 21 and following there the priests and the levites were provided for for their service in the temple that again is argument from the old testament but he goes further and he gives us argument from the new testament that is from the statements of jesus and here it is in verse 40 in the same way the lord has commanded the lord here means the lord jesus christ has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel that is a quotation from matthew 10 verse 10 as well as luke 10 verse 7 which we spoke about the laborer is worthy of his hire notice verse 14 it is very important to make this connection that the program of financing God's kingdom in the Old Testament is the same in the New Testament. Notice, in the same way. Notice that. In the same way. In other words, as it was true in the Old Testament times, 
Even so now, in the same way. And then we are told, the Lord has commanded in the RSV, the attacks and means God has, the Lord has decreed, appointed, ordered, commanded, instituted, willed. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ has commanded that those who preach the gospel must live by the gospel. The Lord commanded in the Old Testament and people gave even so in the same manner the Lord Jesus commands now that God's people finance God's work from God's provision to them in tithes and offerings. Let me quote something from Matthew Henry, a great man of God. This is what it says. The maintenance of ministers is not an arbitrary thing left purely to the goodwill of the people who may let them starve if they please. No. As the God of Israel commanded that Levites should be well provided for, so has the Lord Jesus, the King of the church, ordained and a perpetual ordinance it is that those who preach the gospel should live of the gospel. You see, if we pay attention to God's way of doing it, there is no need for begging. There is no need for pleading. There is no need for manipulating. There is no need for these charlatans on television tugging at your emotion and making you send money. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to learn from this. Nobody gives anything to God unless God gives them first. So we praise you and thank you for providing for each one of us. And above all, we praise you and thank you for giving us the greatest gift of your son, Jesus Christ. And we are enriched by the Lord Jesus Christ. And in him, we possess all things. So God, make all of us to be thankful to you and live in obedience to your command. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, a part one of this message entitled, Christian Stewardship, The Joy of Christian Giving. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.